Spotify. Hello. Thank you for choosing the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist Podcast. Without further delay, here is your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Liberal Cube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist. Today, within the Liberal Cube, is Muck Wednesday. One of my most favoritest of all days in the Liberal Cubes. Because I like big books, and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny when a book walks in with an itty-bitty spine. Um, I'm sure I could probably continue on with that with enough time. However, off the top of my head, I don't know how the actual song goes, so it was making that difficult. So I stopped doing it. Mm. Something I like to say at the top of every show, so people don't yell at me just in case, is that there will be spoilers. I'm going to spoil the living shit out of this thing. Another thing I like to say is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. No, that is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate and subscribe and comment on iTunes because that is what helps the masses find the podcast and help uh, help it grow, basically. You could have a hand in that. It's just that easy. Since uh, Book Bow Wednesdays, uh, I always seem to run out of time. Most of the time I run out of time. So uh, one last piece of podcast-related midness, and we'll jump right in quick, quick like so many bunnies, and that is today's sponsor. Today's sponsor is the Kevin O'Leary patent protection software he has come up with. It is called Dragon Cocoon. Once again, today's sponsor is the patent protection software created by Mr. Kevin O'Leary called Dragon Cocoon. <laughs> okay, so what I have done here, and what I believe I have done the last two book Wednesdays... Oh, I, I guess maybe before I say that, I should say what book we're talking about, right? Yeah, that would make sense. Today I am talking Ship of Destiny. Yeah. Ship of Destiny by Miss, or Mrs. Robin Hobb. R-O-B-I-N-H-O-B-B would be how you spell her name, in case you want to search this title out for yourself. It is book three of the trilogy, and that rhymes, and you know it rhymes, uh, of the trilogy Live Ship Traders. Okay? So that's where we're at. Uh, Another thing I should just point out is that I have learned over the course of quite a few book Wednesdays that when I bring back a series, it is not smart to sort of tread ground I have already tread, so uh, I won't be talking too, too much, or at all, possibly, of the first two books you have available for your listening pleasure, question mark, Uh, my first two podcasts about those two books. Probably, if you were to even just Google Live Ship Traders, 
and lackadaisical libercalist, uh, you would be able to find them. Because whenever I need to find, for some reason, something from past episodes, I usually just Google what I'm looking for and the title of the podcast, and usually uh, something will pop up, I'll get some results. So that's uh, pretty handy for me quite often. Okay, so what I started out saying at the top before I realized I hadn't even said the title of the book was that uh, what I've done this time and what I think I did the last two times is sort of broken down this uh, talk into where the characters are, who they are, and where they're at now, uh, and what happened to them over the course of the book, that, that kind of thing. So focus on kind of one character at a time. Uh, let's see if what I do makes sense, because sometimes it doesn't, because I don't always make sense if I... Case in point. Okay, so the, the first person I want to talk about is Ronica Vestrit. Ronica Vestrit is sort of the matriarch of the Vestrit clan, the clan who we kind of started the book viewing their family, sort of the main family within this novel, I guess you could say, the family who had uh, quickened this live ship with the death of Grandpa Vestrit on board. Basically what that means, and I know I said I wasn't going to go back into previous books, but to explain what a live ship is kind of makes sense and is pleasing to me because of its coolness. Uh, a live ship is a boat made out of wizard wood, and once three members of the, uh, the family that owns the ship die on board, it is what they call quickened, and it then becomes sentient. What?! That's freaking crazy, man. Whoever came up with that, which I assume was Robin Hobb, actually, uh, pretty crazy idea, and I, and I love it. So, uh, Ronica Vestret, it was her husband who died, the last person in the family to die on board this ship. She is uh, has remained in Bingtown, which is where this family resides. Bingtown has been basically sacked. And I do not mean fired, although there are husbands been fired. Uh, the... <laughs> I think I may have said Chalcedons in my last book Wednesday, but I believe they are actually called Chaldeans or Chaldedians. No, cops just pulled someone over. Poor guy. Uh, so she's remained in Big Town where the rest of her family has sort of fled. The Big Town folk think she is a traitor. However, uh, she sort of started to prove this is not true. There's uh, riots going on. It's just all chaos here because the Chaldeans, sure, uh, have invaded. The only way to stop them is if all the people of Big Town sort of unite under one flag because Big Town's sort of fighting amongst itself. There's there's many different factions within it. So Ronica Vestrit has a hand in uniting them and sort of getting her family back on track. They've lost their fortune. Towards the end of the book, they're sort of back on top and perhaps in a uh, in a position to sort of be even more strong as a family and more kind of financially sound than they were at the beginning of the book. So uh, I like that. Let's move on to... Did I say everything I wanted? United Let's move on to the sort of uh, serpent dragon 
stuffs. This is where the, the, if you did not have this part of the book, the serpent and dragon type stuff, uh, it would be just a, a normal kind of perhaps nautical piratey kind of book if you totally removed these sections. However, this is where the kind of magic and fantasy and shit that I really like comes in. So if you remember, uh, Wintro had freed the serpent, the serpent by the name of She Who Remembers. She Who Remembers remembers how to get back to sort of the, the spawning ground, the spawning ground in which the serpents will uh, make their way in order to be cocooned and then when once emerged turned into dragons. What? So this whole time, serpents and dragons have had this sort of connection that basically serpents are baby dragons. That's kind of a way you can look at it. It's kind of caterpillar and butterfly. So we have one dragon on the loose now. Her name is Tintaglia. Sounds a little Italian. Perhaps she's an Italian dragon. Interesting. She is the last of her kind sort of remaining, so her only sort of goal, her mission now in life is to help these serpents upstream because over the sort of centuries and millennia or however long it's been, uh, it's become incredibly difficult for them to get upstream. In fact, impossible just because there's sort of uh, blockages along the way that the serpents could not get past. So... Uh, she has had to sort of get the help of humans in order to remove these blockages to help the serpents by. Huh. So she's had to work with them, specifically with uh, Rain. And again, I remember spelling it last time. I'll spell it again. R-E-Y-N. Would you say Rain? Sure. It's kind of weird because Rain is a member of the Rain, R-A-I-N, tribe of peoples, the Rain Wilders as they are called, he has, uh, we talked about it last time, sort of among the rain wild people, you sort of eventually become what they, I guess, considered at the time disfigured with sort of scales and warts and stuff like that. It turns out this uh, disfigurement is actually because they live in close proximity to these dead dragons, these dragon cocoons, in the case of Tintaglia, uh, live dragons, so part of the bargain for helping helping this dragon to help the serpents to become dragons is that they will go find Malta. Malta, not Vestrant, but she's basically a member of the Vestrant clan. If you recall from the last book of Wednesday, Malta is in a little boat uh, headed down the Rain Wild River with the Satrap, Satrap, who's basically the emperor of this entire realm, and they're probably close to death just because this river eats away at regular boats. The only boats that can sort of survive in it are live ships, otherwise they disintegrate normal wood. So that's where she left off. Uh, since then, she's sort of really uh, come up in the world. They were then captured by child Deadians, and the only way she could sort of survive this capture is to pretend to be a sort of ser servant slash, uh, I guess, advisor to the emperor. I'm just going to call him emperor, because satrap, I may not even be saying it right, and it sounds dumb. So uh, she's sort of come a long way from, 
from being basically in the first novel, uh, I would describe her as a uppity bitch. Yep, that's right. I just went there. Take that, Malta, fictional character. Then she sort of has to debase herself in order to not be killed by these Chaldeans. Uh, and then towards the end of the novel, she's kind of sort of come into her own, and the emperor has kind of trusted her to ne- negotiate things for him, and she's just turned into sort of a, a very respectable negotiator slash uh, Bingtown trader. So she gets what she wants. She knows what she wants. Uh, by the end of the novel as well, uh, Rain, with the help of the dragon, has found her. Uh, something cool in that regard is that because of Rain's sort of uh, spending most of the book in search of her in the clutches of this dragon as they sort of fly around, he's taken on some of the aspects of the dragon. Apparently, and this is cool, in this fictional fantasy universe, if you spend a lot of time hanging out with dragons, you sort of develop dragon-like characteristics. So that what we consider disfigurement in the first two books is actually just him sort of uh, starting to look like a dragon. He's developing scales, his eyes are kind of uh, dragony colored. Uh, and something cool as well is that apparently uh, he will now be much, much longer lived as a dragon is. Normally, the Rainwild people have very short lifespans. It was almost, it almost had the feel of living in the area they lived in was sort of radioactive, and it was disfiguring them and giving them shorter lifespans. However, it turns out it's just the dragons, the proximity to them. I don't know why then it gave them shorter lifespans, but now it is going to cause him to live longer. That seemed kind of strange. Whatevers. It's fantasy. They can do what they want. By the end of the novel, he and Malta are together again. Young lovers with dragon-like visages. Dragon-like long lives. And it turns out that they are basically a new version of what the dragon refers to as elderlings. Elderlings are sort of peoples from the past who had built... It's kind of a typical fantasy thing where there's there's the elderlings or the ancients or the elder ones or things of that nature. It's basically peoples from the past who had sort of built up a, a great civilization, but then they disappeared. Uh, that's in a lot of fantasy, that sort of idea. In this case, it is the elderlings, and now that Malta and Rain have sort of almost transformed. They are now the new versions of elderlings and their children will be elderlings as well. Cool idea. And I like it. So, uh, let's see. We've talked about Rain. talked about Malta. talked about Ronica. I'll get in two more sort of short ones before I get to work and then save the rest for the drive home. Uh, the two short ones are the live ships. The live ships who are made out of and uh, I think we got into this last time. It's a really cool idea. The live ships are actually made out of dragon cocoons. Dragon cocoons that have sort of infused within them the memories of the dragons that were encased within. Not only the memories of those dragons, but the memories going back in time to the very first dragon. So it's almost that idea that every memory I have 
is contained within my very DNA, and when I transform myself, those memories are carried on within me in my, let's say, offspring. Very, very cool idea. So, because of this fact, it's almost as if every live ship is sort of a multiple personality disorder. There's the personality of the dragon that is kind of submerged within, and then there's the personality of the live ship that has sort of developed over the years uh, every time a death of the family member was sort of infused within it. Cool, cool idea. Multiple personality boats. Boats with multiple personality disorder. People, that is fucked up, and I love it. I will be back in eight hours, but I will say, love you, dearies. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back. We are back. We are back. We are back. Back. We are back. Back in action. Hello again. Eight hours of work completed. Yay. That fact. Another double yay. Or not another double yay, but a double yay. Is uh, if you listen to my, uh, what was that? Internet Day episode. You will know that today is actually Friday. What? It's so confusing. I don't know what day it is. I don't know where I am. I don't know who I am. All I know is that it is Book Wednesday. And I am the lackadaisical liberal cubiculist. And my name is Jordan Maywood. So I guess I do know all of those things. Yeah. 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 What I don't remember exactly, 100%, is uh, where I left off. <laughs> Should have made a note of that, but I did not. So, I'm pretty sure I know. Uh, let me just have a, give a rundown. We talked about Ronica Vestrit. We talked about the Serpents and the Dragons. We talked about the new live ships. Half live ships, half dragons, uh, multiple personalities within each. We talked about Malta. Uh, I like to call her Vestrit, just because I consider her part of the Vestrit clan although her last name is actually Haven. We talked about her being reunited with Rain, I do believe, or maybe we didn't. Maybe that's where we left off. So uh, how about just say that? They were reunited, and it felt so good. Mm. Basically, she had been traveling around with the, as I just called him, for simplicity's sake, the Emperor, and uh, they'd gone from their little dinghy, the little rowboat that was disintegrating underneath them, to a Chaldean ship, to a pirate ship, to another pirate ship, to um, the the sort of last pirate ship was the Vivacia, the sort of main live ship of this story. Okay, uh, eventually the dragon found them in a battle, a sea battle. Uh, just on that note, this is one of the best, if not the best, sea battles I have ever read in a book, and. <laughs> If you read as much as I do in the sort of fantasy realm, you're going to get some sea battles. You are going to get them. It is a matter of course. Uh, but this one, definitely easy in the top, let's just say three, because I don't remember any off the top of my head right now. Ha-ha. <laughs> so the dragon swoops in. It's sort of basically just because uh, serpents were part of this battle, the dragon's like, hey, hey, serpents, stop what you're doing. It's time to go go turn into cocoons and then then metamorphosize into dragons. Let's go, let's go. 
basically saying, Sko, Sko, Sko. So then uh, they left. He dropped Rain off right in the water. Just bloop. Luckily, he did not die and uh, was reunited with Malta. They end their sort of life together within this series uh, at the Emperor's home city, back safe again. And they're sort of, because they both kind of look like dragons now, they're they're very popular at court. Uh, people are sort of buying dress to emulate their look. And they are, I, I guess you would say, the the ambassadors, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, for the Bingtown folk and the Rainwild people. Uh, basically, they live happily ever after. So, let's leave them behind for, uh, how about Althea and Brashen? I made the prediction, probably in book one, that did obviously eventually come true. It wasn't, it wasn't a, a leap, this prediction I made, that they would end up together eventually. They did. However, um, between sort of book one and their ending up together and living presumably happily ever after, there's a lot of turmoil and action. And, well, why don't I just come out and say it? A rape. A raping. Yeah, so that kind of shocked me. And I, uh, I assume that is why it is in the book for a sort of shocking, holy shit, can you believe that just happened kind of moment. There's a uh, section in this book in which Brashen and Althea are on board the Paragon. I know I spoke of the Paragon in my last book, Wednesday. It's basically a live ship that is insane. Insane in the membrane of its wood. Wizard wood. Why is it insane? Well, uh, quite a number of reasons. <laughs> One of which is that uh, when its dragon cocoon, a.k.a. Wizardwood, was uh, assembled to make this, it was the only sort of live ship that was made from two different cocoons. So you, right there, you got two dragons' memories fighting against one another. Then on top of that, the sort of live ship itself personality was captured by pirates. Evil pirates, I should perhaps specify, because pirates in fantasy and sort of in real life are quite often looked upon as not all that bad, just a little roguey, a little roguish-like, a little rogaine with Mendoxidil, you know. But uh, no, this was a bad guy who sort of uh, raped and pillaged and did not very nice things, so this sort of badness had encroached on the personality of the live ship. So, three personalities, <laughs> one friggin' crazy, two dragon, all battling one another for supremacy. It's not good. And that is what Althea and Brashen have decided to sail in order to save their ship, the uh, Vivacia. That is their plan. It does not seem like a good plan. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. It goes uh, probably as well as can be expected. I, I guess in the end it all worked out, but uh, they reach a point where they're sort of going to confront, although diplomatically confront, Kennet, who has stolen the Vivacia from the Vestra clan, and uh, shit goes awry. Basically, Kennet, who has the sort of power, ability, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, to control the serpents through the live ship. So he'll talk to the ship, and because the ship is half dragon, it will then talk to, talk to the servants. Servants. The, the servant serpents. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, which will then sort of do his bidding. That combined with he has uh, healed Wintro from, uh, if you remember from last book, Wednesday, Wintro was hurting. He was a hurting unit. He'd been basically poisoned and had all sort of swollen up and was kind of near death. Uh, Kenneth saved him, or at least had the appearance of saving him because it was actually the ship itself that saved him. So Kenneth had sort of developed this uh, almost godlike reputation among definitely his crew, if not among all of the pirate isles. He had, as the, the sort of prophecies foretold, there's always prophecies foretelling things. In this case, it is that Kenneth would become the king of the pirate isles. So he'd kind of uh, slipped into that role almost by accident because it's not so much that these things are actually happening. It's more of his just crazy luck and circumstance. So I, I like that thought. Anyway, so what was I saying? Yes, uh, Althea and Brashen, basically uh, one way to look at it is they get separated and they both think one another is dead. Uh, Althea thinks... Brashen and the entire crew of the Paragon was burnt up and sank and dead. Brashen thinks Althea, who was on her way over to speak with Kenneth, sort of went overboard in her little dinghy and died there. So that obviously constituted a reuniting of them at some point towards the end of the book. And, uh, you know, reuniting and it feels so good again. A lot of reunitings going. In fact, there's one part of this book sort of where almost... Just about every main character uh, is kind of reunited, and it feels so good, on board the uh, Vivacia. And that was a cool part because it was three giant books, and I don't know if I've ever mentioned these books. Well, maybe it's obvious because these book Wednesdays were kind of a little more spread out than normal. These uh, books were like 700 plus pages each, so obviously took me a little longer than... It would if the books were shorter. It's math, even. Hmm. I, I, I like this section of it, because it sort of really brought a lot of ideas and people together, and they all sort of interchanged their stories, and it's uh, it felt good. <laughs> it just felt good seeing all of this sort of come to fruition. The sort of in-between part, when Brashen thought Althea was lost, and vice versa, she was aboard Kenneth's stolen live ship, the Vivacia. This was the part where the shocking incident happened. Kenneth, king of the Pirate Isles, was basically, from the sounds of it, tortured to death. Uh-huh. Tortured to death. Raped. Uh, parents. Father killed. Mother tongue cut out. All while on board the Paragon. So... That sort of existence seeped into the wizardwood. That sort of existence seeped into his life, really. Hmm, that's pretty deep. <laughs> pretty pretty deep, actually. Huh. Anyways, so it's almost as if the fact that this happened to him caused him to sort of come full circle and then do the very same thing to someone else. So he was sort of striving to be... Uh, I don't know if striving to be good is the right way, but striving to to undo some of the wrongs that the sort of evil pirate did to him. That was his, kind of his life's goal, and I always felt like, with an underlying uh, lust for power. So uh, once he had Althea on board, uh, it was almost as if he could not help himself from 
almost as he saw it fulfilling his destiny in a, in a strange kind of way. It's as if he just sort of knew that he was turning into what he most hated and sort of gave up and, um, well, raped her. Yeah. Pretty dark, pretty dark theme there. Haven't spoken too much about Wintrow in this because he didn't have a very large part in this last book, now that I think about it. Uh, let's just leave our talk, try to wrap this up if I can. Um, so Althea and Brashen, how they ended up is, as I mentioned, happily ever after, with their sort of first goal off the bat of taking the live ship Paragon that is sort of uh, basically repaired and no longer crazy, because, and this is kind of a very interesting idea, and I'm not even sure I fully understand the sort of mechanics of it, because Kennet, the Pirate King, and this is a pretty big spoiler, he dies. Yes, he dies. He dies aboard the Paragon. And because of this fact, sort of, it is if his memories, the ship's memories, the two dragons fighting within all of this sort of consciousness are melded into one kind of existence. And they are whole again, whole and together. So uh, I, I like that thought, and it was interesting. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, Brash and Althea taking the ship up the Rain Wild River to help get the serpents through parts of the river that they can't. Um, apparently hundreds of serpents started this journey at this point, but only 53 made it, made it to the sort of a cocoon stage. I believe it was 53, whatever, not important. So potentially 50-ish dragons will be born uh, within this universe, bringing dragons back to the world. So I uh, very, very much like that thought. Uh, so Kenneth's dead, we know that. Uh, yeah, Wintro. Wintro, he is also at court with uh, Malta and Rain, with the Emperor. He's just kind of chilling out a little bit. Oh, uh, with Etta. I don't know if we ever really got into Etta. Etta was a former prostitute who King Kennet sort of had by his side. Uh, towards the end of the book, we learn that she is pregnant, pregnant with what is now the sort of prince of the Pirate Isles, making her the queen of the Pirate Isles, because finally uh, the Pirate Isles are going to be recognized as a legitimate country, which uh, kind of brings everything together. Uh, you've got the people of Bingtown, with the help of the dragon uh, fighting off the Chaldedians. I'm sure I'm saying that name wrong about a million times, so forgive me for that. But sometimes fantasy names are complicated and difficult and hard to remember. Hmm. So that's what's happened with Big Town. The Rain Wild people are helping with the dragons. The Jamalians, who uh, we spoke of in last book Wednesday, are sort of the were originally the over-rulers of all of these people, have sort of recognized that Bingtown and the Pirate Isles are their own now separate entities, and they're all kind of working together, working together for the goal of ridding their their land and their sea of the dreaded slave-using slave and selling and capturing Chaldedians, as well as bringing back 
goddamn dragons to the entire friggin' world. Hey, that is pretty awesome. It's, uh, it's, sometimes I, uh, sometimes I like the, the happy everyone working together for a common goal. It did leave it open for potentially other things to happen within this universe, which I am fairly certain there is other books, sort of, that exist in this realm. I'm pretty sure that is the case. I will, perhaps, look for that. Jordan, make a note. Robin Hobb, look for books. Amazon, you know what to do. Which leaves us at the end with our ratings. Oh, shit. Oof, I was about to say, you know, end-type things for this podcast. But I uh, should give our ratings. Uh, <laughs> I actually think I'm, I mentioned this last book Wednesday that each one of the books in this series gets 5 out of 5. The series as a whole, 5 out of 5. Very, very much liked it. Uh, would highly recommend it. In fact, have already recommended it once to someone else. So, there you go. If you, too, read along, perhaps with me, that's pretty awesome, or have read these in the past, or plan to read these, please let me know. I'd love to hear from you. I, I'd love a little book talk, and I get it, infrequently, because the goddamn missus does not read. Ugh. Sorry, little little anger, frustration squeaked out at the last there. Uh, in order to erase that anger and frustration, I will say that it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of the Lackadaisical Libra Cubicle Wrist. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address mailwood.jordan at gmail.com And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway Wait till our lips have met Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine Live long and prosper.